Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever you're watching. Welcome to Bet the Edge. It is Vaughn Delzell, Drew Disnick, and Drew, where are you sitting? Because I'm sitting on the floor, but you're sitting on a bulldozer? Yeah, man, we're out here doing work. We're working the fields. Uh, no, man, uh, what, why are you sitting on the floor? Where are you, you outside the back of a school? What's what's happening with uh, with, with you right now? Got the brick wall behind me today, but uh, I actually just moved from Connecticut to PA. And mm-hmm. um, have you ever gone through a move where everything can absolutely go wrong and it does? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking like I get here and the shower broke. It's running for 45 minutes. I'm talking the dishwasher flooded the floor. I'm talking things weren't even clean, Drew. And I, I was bamboozled. These guys showed me a room, and it was not the same place I got. But you know what? You know what? I went. I got it all handled. Two people lost their jobs yesterday, and they're doing an entire makeover of all the apartments, all because Von Delzell said this is unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. It's time to be a boss, Drew, and we're being bosses today, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have bad karma, you want it to be that, not losing bets. So I get it. Yeah, and that's what I was joking with the producer for the show. You know, all this stuff I've been through the past week just means the Steelers are going to win on Sunday, baby. Oh, man, but from, we're your, talking, from your lips. We're talking college football. We're talking NFL. Lions and Chiefs kick off. Before we get there, though, there's a lot of college football to talk about, Drew. And I have a lot of bets laid out today. Uh, so let's just get right into it. We got Notre Dame at NC State. Notre Dame's lane seven and a half. Over-under sitting at 51 right now. Uh, it did open at seven, slightly moved up. I like the Irish. You have any opinion on this game in general? Yes, uh, the Wolfies. Uh, they stink. <laughs> they, <laughs> yes. they are. They're going to get run out of the gym, man. I know it's not a gym. It's a. It's a Carter Finley Stadium. Um, home home game for NC State, uh, and in general, they they get a nice crowd going. There's there's some cool uh, cool fans who show up for this type of stuff. But um, I got to tell you, man, we talked Notre Dame once in a preview of the Notre Dame Navy game. I told you that some of the sharper f- folks that I know had hesitancy in the offensive coordinator hire for Notre Dame and that maybe the offense would start slow. Record scratch, Vaughn. It did not start slow. It has been utterly unstoppable. Sam Hartman is everything that was advertised and more. Uh, And if uh, NC State, who has a good defense, uh, shows up, then maybe this is a two-score game. But uh, I could entirely see a game state uh, you know, manifest here where Notre Dame uh, pulls away and, and wins by margin. So uh, if I had to make a play, I would play Notre Dame. But again, like not a not a college handicapper. So I'll listen to your insight. What's the right side here? I'm with you in a lot of ways, sir. I love what Marcus Freeman's done with the defense so far for Notre Dame. We knew they were going to be elite coming in. And the people that dissed Notre Dame's offense, like you said, it was about the offensive coordinator, not Sam Hartman himself. Hartman's been electric, second-best QBR rating in all of college football right now. And on the other side, Brennan Armstrong is the QB at NC State. He was uh, with Virginia last year, and uh, Syracuse, too, at one point, I'm pretty sure. But he, not very good against better defenses. Pitt, Miami, Illinois, all shut him down. And NC State is actually without Rakeem. Um, I believe Rakeem Ashford is his name. He's their best safety. So Sam Hartman should have a day. NC State barely beat UConn, was only up by three at half. Yeah. I played the Irish minus seven, Drew. I think that they can cover the seven and a half as well. But uh, the next game, I got phenomenal line movement. They look like they should be playing where you're at right now. I'm talking Utah at Baylor. Uh, The line was five and a half. Now it's seven and a half. I didn't really understand uh, why the line was only five and a half. Baylor lost to Texas State. And when I watched that game, you know, you look at just the names of the school sometimes, Drew. And when you're younger, you want to go ahead and take Baylor to come back and beat Texas State. But if you're watching that game, 
Texas State's out playing. Same thing with Duke and Clemson the other night. I had to grab me some Duke, and I know that makes you happy, but it was obvious they were going to win. Uh, another game where I think Utah should obviously beat Baylor. How do you feel about this? So ba- Utah, I mean, Baylor is going to be without their starting quarterback. I think Cam Rising yeah. also is going to miss. I At least my, my intel says he's doubtful here. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? It didn't really matter against Florida because Utah's offensive coordinator is a doggone genius. That guy is cooking. He was he had some absolute wrinkles on you know stuff that you did not expect one way or the other uh, for that Florida game. I would expect he has more for Baylor. Uh, and in general, I don't rate Baylor's defense uh, as highly as I rate uh, Florida's defense. So Utah should be the right side here, regardless of who takes snaps. Um, and in general, like Utah, easy win, easy cover against Florida. I watched almost every snap of that game because I had an uncomfortably yeah. large bet on the under. <laughs> and so I was uh, <laughs> Like what, what, uh, you know, no starting center for Utah, no starting quarterback did not matter. Um, they were electric and it was all because of the scheme. And so I will ride or die with Utah. Uh, the fact that you've already moved past seven means this is, this probably ought to be a pass, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, with Baylor not really having a quarterback to, to, uh, kind of bring into this contest. This looks like it could be another one where, um, can I get your opinion on the game of the week in college football? One that uh, I know has a lot of folks in the, uh, um, sharp community buzzing Alabama, Mm -hmm. Texas, uh, matchup of what was one of the most fun games from the early season last year. Uh, this time, of course, uh, we have flipped venues to Alabama and find them as seven and a half point favorites, total sitting at 54 and a half. Uh, what's your read on this one? Yeah, well, certainly, you know, you, you think Texas should be able to keep up with Alabama once again. The quarterback, Jalen Monroe for Alabama, I think he's going to be electric. All year I kept saying this guy is going to be much better than people think. Just the rushing ability that he brings into this game is going to be uh, entertaining to me. But Texas is 2-5 and five against the spread versus the SEC in their last seven. And one of those covers was last year against Alabama. Them flipping the script here to Bama makes me want to bet them. But, Drew, you know, I'm a very honest man. And when I say I'm probably a lifetime 25% better when it comes to Alabama football, I am not even <laughs> joking. Like, I just fall for the public games when it comes to Alabama. Okay. And, you know, and it's also the games that everybody wants to bet. And this is the game that everybody wants to bet this week. So I think my piece of advice for me, I'm going to either live bet or pass because the loser of this game is set up to dominate next week. We're talking yeah. about Texas hosting Wyoming. Wyoming's a bottom 10 program. If Texas loses – they're going to destroy Wyoming. Alabama plays at South Florida. Same thing. Alabama will beat them by 45. Uh, so, really, whoever loses this game, I'm, be, I'm getting a big boy, big girl bet on them the next week. Uh, but do you have a side picked out on this game? I uh, lean, lean in Texas. Um, I, you know, I don't have, again, a strong handicap on college players, but uh, if you stack up recruiting, if you stack up reporting from preseason, from spring, it looks to me like Texas has the more talented team. Um, you can build in whatever home field advantage you want for Alabama, and it's going to be massive. This is a huge game. Alabama has championship aspirations. Um, but I think that uh, the difference in talent between these two squads is nil, if not favors Texas. Um, so if those guys come out and play their best game, and obviously, uh, you know, Sark is, is quite familiar with how to attack a Saban defense, uh, I think this could be an opportunity for an upset here. So I'm not saying to put away your uh, Texas 
Texas over Wyoming tickets just yet. Yeah. But uh, uh, I would say that uh, this is going to be a super competitive game. And it probably actually, you know, because this is so high profile, there's going to be some back and forth. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this one. I think uh, realistically taking the points off, uh, you know, at, at, from the jump here uh, and live trading this one so that you get plus money on both teams is probably a fun angle of approach. I like that a lot, too. And I would say, too, the one thing about Alabama football, you mentioned Texas roster being better. You know, with the transfer portal now, Drew, Alabama's not the top dog when it comes to recruiting all the time. Not everyone's going to go to Alabama now. And with NIL, you're getting money. All right. We saw Travis Hunter from Colorado get off for $1.5 million. Um, so, you know, you're not going to get the best players all the time. So we definitely see Alabama, teams like Clemson also, falling back down to earth a little bit. Um, but a team that's kind of taken off are the USC Trojans. Boy, oh boy, maybe the best offense in all of college football. 56 and 66 points against San Jose State and Nevada. Two programs you expect them to do that against, but here's a third team we expect to do them against. Stanford's coming to L.A. to take on the Trojans. USC did beat them 41-28 last year. Spread is 29.5. I know it's humongous, but the Trojans are putting up points like nobody else. I think that they cover this spread. I already predicted 52-17, to 17, Drew. I'm calling my yeah. shot here on Bet the Edge. Uh, so what do you like in this game? You rocking with the Trojans? I'm suspended from betting Stanford games. Um, I uh, bet, uh, I bet, I bet Hawaii pretty big. You took Hawaii, week. no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that uh, that didn't go great. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it turns out I don't have a good read on Stanford in terms of how to correctly power rate them. Uh, and for those reasons, this is a pass. USC is defense optional, which is, I guess, why you're looking at a total of sixty-nine and a half yeah. in a Stanford game. This is not your USC Stanford of old, where it was like thirteen to ten. Uh, and you know, week two in the Coliseum. So, um, no, this is uh, this is going to be a fun one, a must watch. But uh, I'm on the outs because I just I don't have a solid read at all on how to rate Stanford. Yeah, I totally can understand that. Stanford's not good. I mean, they don't return a lot of guys. They're just to- totally blanketed right now, in my opinion. And five teams last year scored 42 or more points on Stanford's defense, and they may be worse wow. on defense this year. So I wow. definitely think USC team total is going to be worth a look. If that comes out, you know, 47, 40 and a half is a large number, but they've already scored 56 and 66. Caleb Williams going for the back-to-back Heisman. So uh, watch out for that game. And, hey, if you lost money on Saturday, which I hope you don't, you can always chase with USC, and it's probably not a bad idea, to be honest, Drew. But so you don't have to lose money this Saturday – uh, September 9th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Brad Thomas, Eric Froton, and myself are answering all your college football betting questions for week two. All you have to do is tune into NBC Sports' YouTube page, hear more about our thoughts on Texas versus Alabama, multiple Big Ten teams in action, including Maryland as a three-touchdown favorite, which we're going to talk about here. That's on Sunday night on NBC and Peacock. Uh, and also we'll have our best bets of people's parlay in the money line sprinkles, my favorite. Drew, I almost had a money line sprinkle for this next game we were talking about, but they're not an underdog anymore. They're a favorite. They were seven and a half point underdogs. Now they're minus three and a half point favorites. Who could I be talking about, Drew? Which team? Colorado Buffaloes. Colorado Buffaloes, baby. All that steam, do you believe, is what Deion Sanders asked the reporters, and they were still skittish. But guess what, Drew? I believe. There's one team outside of Georgia that's going to be on a Netflix documentary in 10 years. It's this Colorado Buffaloes team. I want to say that with my chest. So uh, I played the money line at minus 130. It's all the way out to minus 165. Great closing value for me. Doesn't mean I'm going to win the bet, though. Uh, Will the public lose here on Colorado, Drew? 
This is a tough one, man. If the public is laying three and a half, I think they are. Yeah. <laughs> if the public, That's why I played the money if, line. I wasn't laying if, points. Yeah, if the, if the public locked this in before a cross three, I like where they're at. Um, this is a really, really tough, tough question, which is how do you correct the rating for Colorado? Yeah. What I saw versus TCU uh, was a defense that is not very good, but an offense that absolutely can go score for score with elite offenses. Um, I think people's takeaway from the TCU Colorado game was the surprise about Colorado when I, and maybe I'm being crazy, but most of my takeaway was TCU went in overrated, like 21 point yeah, favorites. Well, and you know, the quarterback was not anywhere close to the quality I expected from him. Uh, and you know, so I, I, I think Nebraska could score in this contest. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to the end. I haven't played this game because the uncertainty swirling around the right rating for Colorado is enormous. Um, And, you know, sometimes college programs, they get the mojo going, they get the attention uh, from a huge week one upset like that, and it tears the program apart. Other colleges, it lifts them up and carries them to, you know, a season where you just, you know, they defy all expectations. We're going to find out based on this result, I think. So this is a kind of more data collection for me to kind of get a fair rating on Colorado rather than it is to uh, to really go ham one way against or for them. I will just tell you that if you are making a bet because of what you think the public is doing, then you have gone horribly wrong in your process and you need to strongly rethink how you got to where you got. <laughs> uh, and, you know, this is fun. No one's, you know, there's no wrong way to uh, enjoy, you know, betting on sports. But, uh, you know, definitely the folks that are going to be out there hammering a narrative of baiting the public, I would just, uh, I, would, I would use, I would exercise a little caution. Yeah, I think, like you said, data collection is a good point. That's why I don't want to bet Texas versus Alabama. And uh, the only way to not have fun gambling is gambling more money than you're supposed to. So make sure you're paying attention to your units and staying fair. Because Colorado, it's exciting. I'll admit, I wanted to load up on Colorado this Saturday. Because I'm like, they're definitely beating Nebraska. But that's not the right way to approach this game. So normal one-unit rager for me on Colorado's money line. I got it at a way better price, though. Uh, my best bet, I think, for Saturday's show, Drew, is going to be Iowa at Iowa State. Now, the celebrities will not be on the sidelines at this game like they are at Colorado, uh, but when I say the under has been a slam dunk almost every season between these two, four straight unders, uh, the points per game has been 28 total points per game between these two, and five and one in the last six unders. So, obviously, it's looking good. Cade McManera is the quarterback at Iowa. Looks a little better, uh, but, you know, he's better. Anyone could be better than Spencer Petras. So uh, I'm still taking the under, my friend. Uh, where are you going with this game? I will just say that this ain't your grandpappy's Iowa team. These guys can definitely <laughs> score 17 points. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know that they can score 20, but they can get to 17, <laughs> I think. Um, and, you know, that that said, a total of 36 and a half is unbelievably low. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. the way these teams play each other, and Iowa State's not very good. So uh, I think <laughs> I agree with the total. Uh, if you could, if you if you wait around, if, if there is any buyback and this hits 37, that's a quasi-key number, um, you know, a final score of 20 to 17 here for Iowa wouldn't be shocking um, but I think uh, realistically the you know this is this this is not going to be the type of game where uh, you know you're you're real you're you know you're sweating um, you know more than three touchdowns yeah. <laughs> yeah this is I mean it's gonna be a terrible game to watch to be honest it's gonna be no points back and forth lots of punts uh, but that's what I love and uh, you know if you hop on NBCSports.com and go to the betting betting page uh, on Saturdays or Sunday mornings, 
We'll get our best bets out early. And when I put this one out, this was 38 and a half. So we passed two key numbers of 37 and 38 in college football. At 36 and a half, I still think it's worth a one-unit wager. I still think this movie, those numbers coming down. Both offenses are going to be putrid. So just enjoy this game in general if you have an under ticket. I'll be sweating it with you. And if we get a missed field goal, please jump off your couch because we'll need it. Uh, the next game is Saturday night on NBC and Peacock. And if it didn't get better last week than West Virginia and Penn State with Penn State covering in the final minute because James Franklin said, we're going to get you – whoever believes in us, we're going to get you paid this year. I hope Maryland's on the same page, Drew. They're laying 24-and-a-half against Charlotte, over under 51-and-a-half. I think the only way to look at this game is a Maryland team total in the first half or a full game. Maryland kind of just went on cruise control in the second half here. Charlotte beat FCS South Carolina State 24 to three. Didn't see much from them. Maryland only put up 38 on Towson. Um, I can't trust the Terps D. So I'm going to wait on this one. I'll probably get a team total in the first half on Maryland, but that's the only advice I can give in this game. Uh, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, it's going to be on Peacock, so I guess I'm going to need some action. And uh, have I haven't, it. I hadn't heard anyone make that case. I like it. Team Maryland yeah. team total first half. Um, then, because everything you said checks out to me, uh, just the state, you know, the the game potential game state in the second half. This being a little bit out of reach, Maryland not necessarily pulling the James Franklin play for the coverness, but uh, and you know, just in general, their defense mm-hmm. being a little suspect scares me off of 24 and a half. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, slight lean for me to the over 51 and a half. And I think you found the right angle of approach, which is just isolate Maryland, isolate first half, and then we can kick up and enjoy the rest of the game. Yeah. Maryland put up four passing touchdowns in the first half last week, scored 28 themselves. Uh, you know, Charlotte got off to a quick start too. And like we said, we don't trust Maryland's defense. So if you can't get a first half team total on Maryland, the first half over 26 and a half, isn't a bad look right now either. Um, you know, that'll probably move to 27 and a half. I'm sure. Cause it's getting juiced as we speak. Um, but the real topic of conversation is NFL season. The kickoff starts, but it's a double dip on Sunday Night Football this week. The season kicks off Thursday, September 7th, when Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl defending champs, the Chiefs, host the Lions, followed by Dak Prescott and the Cowboys taking on Saquon Barkley and the Giants on Sunday night. Coverage for both games starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. I did place bets on both games. I got the Giants at plus three and a half. I think they win. They're the divisional home dog. And I did play a little Chiefs, but guess what? I didn't get the best of the number, Drew. Because try better before Travis Kelsey news came out by his hyperextended knees. Chris Jones may not play now. He's banged up. So now we have everyone saying the Lions are holding all this value. Jared Goff, 6-0 ATS in week one. Mahomes, great as well, though. I still like the Chiefs. I'm going to wait to bet it to get the best number. Do you like the Lions? No. <laughs> Let's go. You know what's funny is different uh, tiers. Different what, tiers. So what? What? What number did you get on the Chiefs? Six. I got. Yeah, I played a six. Um, and then yesterday I played a five, and I was like, the five's fine. And then it came down to four and a half. Didn't make me feel confident. Um, shouldn't triple dip. Definitely shouldn't triple dip. But if it gets to a three, I'm interested. Yeah, um, this has all the whiffs of landing in the middle. I think, <laughs> I think this is this is the bookies' nightmare kind of game, uh, which is the opposite, by the way, of that Giants uh, Cowboys game. I feel like 
they're going to get a lot of people who lay the juice on the Giants plus three and a half, and they're going to get a lot of people that lay the juice on Dallas minus three. And I, I think it's good. That's going to go one way or the other. Um, so I, you know, they're going to they're going to absolutely rake on Sunday Night Football. This one, I think they're going to yeah. they're going to be feeling hurt. Um, I think the adjustments to the absence of Travis, Travis Kelsey are a slight over exact, you know, an overstatement. Um, there, I the. Only modicum of there is something there there is when an injury happens this late in the preseason cycle, there's not much the team can really do to pivot. Um, but that said, any other quarterback behind besides Mahomes, and I am freaking out if I'm the home yeah. favorite here. Um, and, you know, I, I look at uh, what the Chiefs are going to want to do. The Lions defense can be attacked in so many ways. I'm sure that they had some fun wrinkles and, and different looks already, you know, cooked up that didn't involve Kelsey that are still going to be perfectly valid. Um, yeah. We don't really know what the wide receiver depth chart is going to look like and what the wide receiver target share is going to look like. That favors the Chiefs, in my opinion. The Lions secondary is very weak. Um, and the Lions pass rush, particularly the interior of that pass rush, is helpless the, the chiefs o-line centers guards they are all universe uh and if the tackles can gel and that they get they're getting good pass pro for pat mahomes in this contest then he's going to carve them apart even if he's throwing it you know 10 times to noah gray here instead of travis kelsey so i'm not concerned about the chiefs getting 230 points because of the state of the lions defense um and you know i i think this sets up fairly well for a backdoor cover for the lions because the lions are a team as rostered uh that uh you know is is not necessarily going to be um out of the game if they're if you're down multiple scores shoot week one last year against the philadelphia eagles the lions yeah. were backdoor covered darlings um but you know i, I look at uh, a, a game state here potentially where the chiefs have a comfortable lead um their running game is good enough to take some time off the clock but not good enough to play full-on keep away and without a pass rush this chiefs team is going to have a really really tough time getting off the field with the lions in comeback mode and must pass mode so um you know i look at a, a lions team that probably is a little underrated by market on offense even though everybody kind of respects and understands they're a good offense ben johnson is awesome coordinator and uh, jared goff is going to have a top 10 season in my opinion just because of the schedule and because of the weapons he's working with so I think the Lions can uh, can get to uh, you know a one score game here, and uh, <clears throat> let me tell you how this plays out. Vaughn, you ready? <clears throat> yeah, I'm ready. Fourteen point lead for the Chiefs. Four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Lions are driving. Lions score to make it a an eight point game. They go for two because that's what the analytics says to do, and uh, that specific. Uh, attempt for two decides one way or the other if the Lions backers or the Chiefs backers prevail. And uh, I, I don't know how it breaks, but I think the uh, I think they could convert and uh, this game ends with a, a six-point margin as the uh, Lions fail to recover the onside kick. I'm going to say 30-24. to 24. How do you like the sound of that? 30-24. I love that. that. We're just calling our shots. I bet the edge today. Score predictions out the wazoo. Uh, I'm going I'm going to go 31 31- to 24 line to Chiefs, of course, because uh, I took the Chiefs to win, so I got to back that up. So seven point win. They actually cover the opening spread. Everyone that continues to play the Lions continues to lose. Uh, but Drew, I think you got an internship to write the NFL script next year. Um, so I hope it's a good one. I want the uh, the the no no abs catch or the all abs catch, as they say in the commercials. And uh, we'll leave you with with two notes here. Um, over the last 22 years, the Super Bowl winner has gone 18 and four on the money line, 82 percent, 
and 13-7-2 against the spread. That's 65%. Kansas City will be unveiling their banners at home where they've won seven straight home games and 13 of the last four. I like the Chiefs. All right. And I also like Kadarius Tony touchdown because, as Drew said, they'll, they'll be okay without Travis Kelsey. They'll have some for you, Detroit. And if you guys haven't started drafting yet, you probably should get on that. But the NFL season starting, so draft night means get the Roto World Football Draft Guide, okay? Rankings, player profiles, projections, and more help you win your league. Go to NBCSports.com backslash draft guide to get it now. And please use CHAMP23. You get 20% off and receive a $10 Fanatics e-gift card. You get yourself some Steelers gear after they beat the Niners this weekend. <laughs> All right. As a reminder, we appreciate you guys watching and listening in. Make sure you go to Amazon.com backslash NBC Sports to hear more from Drew, Vaughn, and Jay. Best of luck this weekend. Enjoy the games.